This episode of the Disc Golf Podcast is brought to you by otbdiscs.com. At one point in time, if you listened to the show, you knew uh, about our little secret site to get awesome discs. Uh, it's not a secret anymore. It is a site where you can learn everything about the discs you're purchasing before you actually have them in your hands. Get disc weight, dominess, flatness, all kinds of ratings. Learn it before you get it in there and get your favorite disc at only the best discs. OTBDiscs.com. Use promo code DGPODCAST to get free shipping on your next order. What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 211 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin, and alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, cracking a beer, Joe. That's a part of my name. <laughs> cracking a beer, Joe. I mean, I did crack a beverage. Uh, you hey. did. Very close to your microphone. So Listen, I- uh, yeah, because I, I, we changed our setup a little bit. We're holding our mics in our hands instead of our cool... Mike Stan deal, so I had to do one. Anyways, um, very nice to be back. The air is way better in Sonoma than it was this time last week. Yes. Massively better. Things are just looking up. Yeah, overall, it's been uh it's been a rough go here in Northern California with our all our wildfires and Joe and I have been uh inconsistent is not even close to the right word for how our podcast schedule has been. So we've been scootsing it hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love you, scoots. That's my brother. Uh, but nonetheless, we are back at it today, tonight, and uh, we've got a whole bunch of amazing stuff to talk about. Unless Joe has an amazing tangent that he would like to jump on right now. So Joe, I'm going to give you this opportunity. To talk about something completely random before I break down this action-packed disc golf news episode. Go. What are we going to do about Halloween this year? Um, well, you can't go trick-or-treating. Right. So, that's not going to happen. Are we, like, going to get together, like, as families, socially distanced, and just, like, throw candy uh, from a distance at each other? I mean, here's the thing. The whole like buy candy and distribute amongst ourselves, like well, just buy the candy and and give it to your kids. Like, what's the problem? What's the problem? Like, uh, my wife, I think, cares. It, this is this could be just me being the endless skeptic that I am, but I think if you asked my wife, would you rather have an awesome Halloween trick or treating experience? And you have no pictures. Or would you rather have a photo op and have awesome Halloween pictures, but you didn't go trick-or-treating at all? She would pick the photos. Oh, shit. My wife is the exact opposite. I mean, we yeah. don't photo op shit. We don't take pictures. Yeah, no. We, I, don't, we don't do family pictures ever. Um, but Katie is all about fucking Halloween and the fucking Natasha is all about Halloween too. But I think that if you pose that, like 
you can have the awesome Halloween trick-or-treating experience, or you can have an awesome set of pictures that appear that you did that. I think she, I think she take pictures. Listen, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you are right. Uh, what are you guys going to be this year? I have no idea. Because y'all family costume like every year. I think they've got something going, and I'm, I, you know, I'm just biding my time till I can infect the boys with boy stuff, like Star Wars and, uh, you know, like baseball and football. Football. Desi understands football now, which oh. is, which is, and he counts, so he knows the scores. So like the biggest thing he sees that happening and adding them up and like knowing that yeah. the other team needs to score six to 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 win. Well, Henry or, Henry is still like the well that team has more points so they're gonna win. I'm like oh well, no, no. Buddy, we'll see. Oh no. so he Jet, watches very little football with me. My oldest is more of a, a an underdog guy, so he'll be like okay, so uh, the Bears need to score seven to win or they need to score eight to win, like that sort of thing. So good times, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I think I I could be totally wrong, but I think we're going to be like two years late in doing Moana. And th- I know you think that I should be uh, whoever the the rock character was in the in the whole thing. Uh, but, but you're going to be Hey Hey. I probably yeah. I you're hope so. You're going to be a chicken. I hope so. I hope so. I don't know. I think your father-in-law is more a. Uh... Maui. Uh, Maui's Maui. the yeah. yeah. I think that's Oh no, yeah, no, I, I like, let that He already did a tattooed man last year. Why not do it yeah, again of this course. year? He already has and, that costume. And he has brown skin. So like Yeah. Perfect. Like just leave me you alone. Gotta be, you gotta be the um gotta be the snail, dude. Oh that that the snail? Isn't it a snail? Crab. It, oh, it's a crab. It's totally a crab. That's what Ke- I think I think that's what Keaton's gonna be. Oh, this is anyways best 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 song in the movie, which I do want to point out at the beginning when we were both watching this multiple times with our families. I said that to you and you were like, what are you talking? That song's awful. And it was like a month later drilled into you that. You're like, that's the fucking jam. Well, I that is the song. And I was like, yeah, bro. It's true. It's true. This this definitely happened. Um, But. You could have asked me that about every song in the movie, and I probably would have said something similar to that. Nah, man, Shiny is like the like <laughs> off the bat. I was like, "Yep, that's the song. That's the one that's rad." Fuck. <laughs> this is the worst opening tangent you've you ever chosen. You told me to go on a tangent. I did what I do best. <laughs> I thought you'd do better. I expected you to do better. Listen, people listen to this podcast. Know us. Are very in similar worlds here and there. They uh-huh. got kids. They've seen Moana a whole bunch of times. It's fine. Wow! Just because you like turned away, that was like as you could have like put your arm in your elbow and like muted that burp. That was that was vicious. But I needed to burp. Well, yeah, but like that was ugh, fine. We got a great episode for you guys tonight. We are going to recap the Jonesboro <laughs> Open. <sighs> We're gonna we're gonna talk about USDGC, which is in progress. It provided I can get through any amount of disc golf content without Joe interrupting for something nonsensical. And then uh, we'll talk about the disc golf pro tour championship, which has been uh, announced. That'll be on ESPN two a month after. And well, I missed that month after until I saw. Yeah, it no, no, it'll be fine. You wrote it on the paper. 
I did. I did. It's literally uh, bullet point two. And uh, then we'll do our world famous deer review. It's been a minute, I know. But we take a disc. We take a beer. We review them both and let you know whether you should bring it on the course tonight. We have the Innova Manta, which is a five-speed, five-glide, minus three-turn, one-speed mid-range driver. And we're going to pair that with Noda Brewing Company, Hop, Drop, and Roll, which is a 7.2% IPA. This was sent to us both, the discs and the beer, by Kurt Story, who is PM Me Bag Picks, which is a little kinky, but not that kinky. Uh that's our our slack. He group. means like disc golf bags, just so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disc golf bags only. Uh, that's our, his slack group uh, tag. Yeah. So, and if you're not in our disc golf podcast slack group, please uh, join it. Hit our website, throwstuffatstuff.com. There's a joint slack link. It's a beautiful community of disc golfers. Over a thousand people just talking disc golf and yeah. other shenanigans all day, every day. It's it's fantastic. So do that. It's basically a chat app. It's on your phone, your computer, whatever. You can probably do it at work because it's technically a work app. So if your work is one of those places that blocks certain uh, websites and, and whatnot, Slack is generally considered to be like a productivity app. So uh, go for it. And we've had a lot of people join Slack that have said, well, we already use it at work, so I just figured I'd add a channel and yeah. uh, we're good to go. And if you are looking for an actual reason for why you're not productive at work, this is a great one. You know, you can just mask all the other reasons why you're not productive right. and replace it with talking about disc golf. And if you're like, I probably should buy more discs, like this is perfect. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, if you are looking to buy fewer discs, not a great place to be. I will we, uh, be fully honest. We are enablers. Just Everyone in the Slack group is Just an back away. Just, just leave it. But you might be able to trade stuff instead of having to spend money. So you know. Yeah, but do you still? Just, shh, it's still gonna, you know. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I, you know. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Heroin's heroin, no matter what you pay for it. It's, it's, it's still a problem. It's, I mean, if you trade your shoes for a little bit of it, it's, it's, it's still, it's still an issue. You know what I mean? But what if I can buy them back at a later date? I mean that that's that's a possibility. I, the the great thing about discs that is different than heroin is that you don't use them up as quickly unless you uh, play on courses with lakes and rivers and you're just constantly doing that. In which case, you should probably buy cheap discs and get better. Just buy a whole bunch of uh, wahoo wahoo dragons. Well, Wahoos like, too. Yeah, yeah. Hy- hydras also or get better. Would, yeah, that would be would be mostly that. Mostly that. Mostly that. Let's be honest. Mostly that. Yeah. Mostly get hashtag get better episode two eleven of the Disc Golf Podcast. All right, Joe, you ready to do uh, Jonesboro Open? Yes. So uh, Jonesboro Open Disc Golf Pro Tour event. Uh, we had awesome live coverage as usual. We, it's been a couple weeks, but we've been very, very positive about the. The Disc Golf Pro Tour coverage we've seen this year, uh, the live coverage that is, and uh, again, another great broadcast. We had a lot of fun watching it. This was an interesting one because Paul came into the final round with a lead, a five-stroke lead, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I think it was three. Three. Oh, 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was three. Let's see. The but look at these finals. Him, yep, you're right. Yep, three. Between him and Calvin, they were like yep, three stroke far lead. ahead of everyone. No, you're totally correct. Yeah. <clears throat> so, when you see Paul McBeth with a three-stroke lead going into the final round of an event that uh, normally is something that he would cash, uh, you're kind of just kind of expecting him to, to do it. But this time, it was Calvin Heimberg that came through with the awesome 12 under final round to just take it away from him. And honestly, I don't know that that's even accurate because Paul missed putts. Paul missed putts. Here's, here's the thing though. Um, he only had to make one or two of them. And there was at least three opportunities in this round. Well, if you think just, just law of averages, how many times, and we saw it, Yes, yesterday, not not as much today. USDGC, we'll get into that later. Where Paul has, and we've seen tons of tournaments, just the most amazing luck all the time. Like you hear the champ love all yeah, the time. The, the you the hit staying, a spectator's leg, you yeah. stay in bounds. You hit a stake, you stay in bounds. Mm-hmm. You slide under a fence from out of bounds to get back in. Um, that happens a ton, and. Paul had the opposite happen. Like he had, there was a few times that he had the best upshot and it got up and, and it rolled, rolled away. away. Yep. Like yeah. the, the luck was rough. The putting was not the putting we have come uh, accustomed to, but I think the luck was a big piece. Um, and on with that said, I think Calvin had some really quality luck or I, I, I could just call it more skill than him. There's, the only big break, and I think it's more skill than big break. Eh, I think it was big break, actually. That putt that he made, was that on 14 to save bogey that he, like, popped over? No, 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 no. That, that it, was a, it, it, was, it was 15 for birdie. Right. That he popped over and hit a branch that wobbled it enough that it, like, coin dropped into the basket. Yeah, and and first he had to throw it over the top of a, a bush. Yeah. So he had to loft this putt over a bush and then can it and was was well outside. So um, let's see, is that right? So I don't think it was fifteen because Paul. It, it that Paul had to be circle birdie. two, right? No, no, it was circle one. It was. It was circle one. So yeah, it's it's fifteen. Had to be fifteen. It was circle one, but it wasn't. It wasn't his drive. I feel like it was his upshot, and it went into the woods. I don't think so. It was. It was twelve. No, because it was. The, it can't. You can't have a dagger shot at at hole twelve in a tournament. That doesn't. That's not how it works. It was either. It was either fifteen, sixteen, or seventeen. I think it was fifteen. So I'm going to say why I think it was 12, and then we can we can. How, but people are calling that a dagger. How is that a da- you can't? There's no such thing as a dagger at hole 12 of a tournament because of the the momentum shift. Because right there, he mm. put himself in an awful spot, and Paul was primed for a birdie, and doinked it, and ended up taking a par because he missed the upshot. And for Calvin. I mean, I I think that you're mixing up two different holes here. I think that I think that the Paul aspect of what you talked about happened, but I, I just I yeah I think you're right. Well, I don't okay. You're you're right. 
but but the, like the, when I watched this happen, this was like, oh god, uh, Heimberg then is maintaining be, his two-stroke lead. I think it might be fourteen then. No, because fourteen, he got a bogey. He he did, but it was like an epic save, and Paul shit the bed to get a bogey. Okay, I'm gonna. You're right. I, I'm gonna look it up. There's no way. That, yeah, I. I, I Anyways. It's 15. It's 15. <clears throat> I think so. Um, but nonetheless, it, Paul had numerous circle one misses, I want to say. So uh, his uh, his overall uh, C1X putting, let's see if this was for the round or for total. Let me change this to, uh, to round uh, for it. So Paul was, let's see. Oh, yeah. Paul went way down. So, uh, Paul was 91% C1X and, uh, Calvin was 100%. So that's fantastic. And, uh, it was just, Paul missed some putts. Yes, he did. He really did. It was just, and he had some bad rolls that, that did not help, but there was at least two putts that I can recall that, that didn't seem, that, they were automatic, and then when he missed them, I just—I guess it's just because we expect Paul to do it every single time. But nonetheless, uh, to see Calvin come from behind and take that win was awesome. I think everyone was rooting for him at that point. You know, Paul has all the accolades, all the wins, the world the championships, everything. and to see Calvin ascend and, and take that win was, was a lot of fun to watch and on a, a fun course too. So nonetheless, I think Paul could have very easily taken this round. He just wasn't sharp enough to, to do so. And Calvin put the pressure on. And we've, we've seen that a few times with him. What used to be like final round lights out end it. Um, has not been the regular Paul this year. No, hey, there's, he, he's there's... he's lost. He's lost it on final days multiple times this year, which is a wild thing to think about. But it's the truth. Yeah, normally uh, we expect him to hunt people, and he's done that too. I mean, he hunted down Rick uh, right uh, at least once this year, and uh, he's always dangerous, but. I think that part of this can be attributed to the odd kind of COVID year that we've had and, uh, you know, the, the off time between these tournaments and everything. I think it's just kind of part of the game. People are a little bit rusty. Uh, they're not used to playing in, in conditions like this, the the format, the, uh, the precautions that everyone's taking. So I think that's got a huge part of it. And uh, overall, he's playing fantastically. I think just just couldn't quite do it so um and calvin to his credit uh, after a bogey on 14 was able to finish up birdie eagle birdie uh and then a par on 18 that that he didn't you know was basically playing for par didn't need to press no with the two-stroke lead so uh it's just just fantastic for calvin heimberg i i love seeing it he's yeah he's an I incredible think, player i think you know i think still you just kind of brought it to like consistently Paul is still in in my opinion the best player out there uh cuz Heimberg has had really big swings of winning a championship and then 
being like outside top 10, kind of bumping up and down. With Disc Golf Pro Tour, though, I believe he hasn't been, I think maybe he was 11th one time, and he has been uh, top 10 every other tournament. So, I mean, they put it up to, like, they are number one and number two Disc Golf Pro Tour points, which... um, Yeah, and we'll get into the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship uh, bracket uh, at the later later part of this episode. So, we'll we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. But, yeah, so... But um, so, yeah, uh, quickly through the the top 10 for this tournament, we have Calvin Heimberg in first place at 31 down. Paul McBeth in second place at 30 down. Garrett Gerthy in third place at 25 down. Uh, Chris Dickerson and Andrew Presnell tied in fourth place at 24 down. We then have Paul Uliberry in sixth place at 22 down. Uh, Alden Harris, A.J. Carey, Reed Frescura, tied for seventh place at 21 down. And then rounding out the top 10, we have Jeremy Colling and Eric Oakley tied at 20 down in 10th place. So let's move on to FPO. This was a pure domination by Paige Pierce. Just absolute massacre. When she wants it. Of the FPO field. Just, she is... So incredibly on at the moment. And that's a little bit, you know, foreshadowing to to what we're talking about in, in the current tournament, USDGC. But uh, Paige is just dominating right now. And it's it's so much fun to watch. And I should say that Katrina Allen is not playing poorly. No, not at all. She is playing incredibly well, but Paige is just in these... It's just just been another level it's it's so much fun to watch and the putter's been there and the driving as usual is dominant it's it's incredible shooting 14 down in her final round at jonesboro uh to extend her lead extend her lead and win by 13 strokes right when you have cat thrown 11 down and it doesn't matter like that is that is dominance for sure yeah yeah. Are you still looking for It's fine, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's definitely it's, it's Joe is scrolling through video right now. There's there's no such thing as a dagger on hole twelve, Joe. I'm telling you. No, no, I think you're right, but it, it was not fifteen. Okay. That that I could be wrong about that. But it was it was it was it was after it was fifteen or later. Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. One of those three. One of those four. So um and I'm sure we'll have tons of people. They, people were were thinking about it and correcting us. We could you could have just like put a thing in Slack. Like what was it was it was four, it was fourteen. Like I said, it was what? Okay, all right, fine. Well, they both bogeyed. So Calvin went OB off the tee, and then threw an awful shot into the rough. So then had to make that crazy ass putt for bogey. Over the top of that Over that the bush. top. Right. And so he hit that bogey. I stand correct. And then Paul was in a very clean spot for par and, and missed, missed his putt. Got it. And got the bogey. Okay. Are we sure that they were... T- I think we're talking about two separate things. We're not. So look, uh, well, we can keep talking, but the, the it's it was 14. It was for sure 14. All right. Fair enough. I stand corrected. 
I just remember I just remember people talking about it and being like, "Oh god, dagger." And I'm like, "How that can't Oh, no, you're right. It's not 14. I'm yeah. a liar. Yeah. Thank you. Maybe it was like 16. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. I don't know, dude. I drink a lot of drink. I, well, well, you've been like distracted, like scrolling through videos this whole time. You could have like messaged people. I, I, <laughs> listen. Listen. I think listen is my. Uh, here's the deal. <laughs> oh, God. I may or may not have had a very decent shot of 151 prior to recording this episode. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And I may have. I definitely 100% did. Regardless, um, I don't. So we talk about this all the time. They talk about this in sports a lot, too. Is Is this a Paul... Giving it up, losing, or is this Calvin taking a win? I think the missed putts by Paul uh, were were Paul. I I don't like to say that because I, I don't want to take away from from Calvin. Well, Calvin did, yeah, especially uh, you know. But at the same time, uh, it, had Paul made the putts we expect him to make, it would have been fine. And um, yeah, it's uh, I I think that. Paul very much was in position to win this tournament, given that he was ahead and missed putts. I, he only had to make a few of them to to really make this make this a thing. So, yeah, um, yeah. So, I I I would lean towards the Paul Macbeth um, choking. I not I wouldn't call it a choke. Just he just he didn't he didn't he didn't do what he needed to do. Yeah. Um, this he didn't do it, but I think the the bigger thing with it too is we are so used to Paul having his best round mm-hmm. on the final day, and we're now in like year two of that not being a Macbeth thing. Yeah, correct. Well, I I don't know, I don't know if that's that's correct. I, I he's still playing from a rating standpoint, better than ever. So, I just... No, his rating dropped. He's like 1056 or something. Ah, yep. He got to 1062, Robin, so I, not the I, best ever that he's been. I get it, but, like, he's still playing better than than everyone from a rating standpoint. Oh, yeah. No, so, he's still number one like, in the world I, ratings. I think it just, it just comes down to a, a point where it's just sometimes you're going to miss some shots and... and I don't think that you got a mental. I don't think there's any analysis to be made here. I think that he's playing incredibly well. Uh, he missed some putts that he it, were uncharacteristic, and Calvin Heimberg uh, played incredibly well and capitalized on it. I think that's my that's my official take. Yeah. On on the whole thing, and then um, we were talking about the ladies, though. Oh, I'm sorry. Um. <clears throat> so Paige dominating. 33 down in first place. In second place, we have Katrina Allen at 20 down. So, 13-stroke victory for Paige Pierce. And then we have Haley King in third place at 16 down. Jessica Weiss in fourth place at 7 down. And then we have Vanessa Van Dyken in fifth place at 5 down. Just absolute dominance from Paige Pierce. I mean, think about that. First to, to... 
fifth place, having a 28-stroke difference. So, I mean, that's that's not uncommon. I mean, it it's it is uncommon, but it, there is a huge separation in the FPO field between the elite players and um, a lot of the others. But that's still just absolute dominance. So that so. Paige has all the physical you could ever want. So can we say that basically at this point, and maybe even like from the start of the the uh, season on, Paige loss, like you can you can say a Paige loss is because of between her ears. No. What? Wait, what? Why? Just because she has so many crazy dominant wins. And and I'm talking wide open, woods, whatever. Like when she wants it and she's about it, she takes it down. Like, I, I, I guess, is it because she wants it or she just has... Her physical abilities fail her. I just, I'm just trying to understand how you can win by so much, so often, and then lose <laughs> rounds. Like I, I well, I, I, I mean, it's impossible for me to speculate on the on the first part of of what you're talking about. I'm just saying, do you think like, it's a, a mental thing? Like, well, I, that's what she's I'm not. T- no, I'm, I'm saying I can't. How could I possibly? Okay. I have know nothing about Paige Pierce's mental. Uh, stability or, or whatever well, it is. I'm not saying I, stability. I would, That's what I'm I would, saying. I would, I would sincerely doubt that it's a mental thing. I would generally think that it's just that disc golf is hard. Um, and, uh, you know, I, over the course, she's still the highest rated player. And I, oh, of I don't course. know. I just like, and the, the world, uh, world championships, I, I don't see it. I don't really, um, you know, if you want to assail, Katrina Allen for her putting mishaps over the years and and just lackadaisical approach at times to uh, short putts that to me is is something you can say but to Paige Pierce I don't know I don't think there's a there's anything there in terms of like why doesn't she perform more consistently I think if you look at the the overall she she really does and also like these courses are better suited for for certain players as they go and the also not a ton of time is spent designing them for the fpo players that's very true it's 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 a secondary thought in most cases they're like okay here's the mpo course let's shorten the t there's not a lot of design thought that goes into these courses for the fpo players so you can have holes that are just kind of poorly designed for the FPO field. Yeah. Um so there's that aspect to it too. I I just overall I'm just super impressed with with what she's done and I know you are too. Uh 100%. But. Like she is a killer. And I mean we started I mean by the third term of the year we basically came out and said So Matt Raymond says 17. whole 17 from from the woods. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um but by the third tournament of the year, we were just like, no one's going to ever beat Paige. Yeah. 
Um, well, I, yeah, but we say that we know that someone's going oh, to yeah. beat these well, players. Well, I mean, look at look at <laughs> look at USDGC last year with Paul. Like that was the dirtiest round I feel like I've ever not seen because he wasn't on any footage because he played that poorly. Yeah, but it happens. Yeah, I mean, it, it and. Just like you saw with Paul, the rollaways, a few missed putts, and and that's game over. He can't always have a clean round, a minus fourteen round like Paige Pierce dropped in the final round of uh, of Jonesboro. Yeah, with no bogeys and just birdie, 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 killing it after another. So that's that's fantastic. All right, so let's move on to the uh, United States Disc Golf Championship, which is uh, under uh, in progress. At the moment, and the live broadcast has been, uh, as noted in our previous episode, with Ian Anderson and Philo, and there's even been some Nate Sexton since he yeah. had to drop out due to injury. He has uh, jumped in on the Strained coverage here and there, and so that's been fantastic. I I do have to say, I don't like the. Uh, company that they used to stream this broadcast the i think it's in player that they used it they kind of made you jump through hoops to um to to see the broadcast and i i talked to multiple people that had trouble uh streaming it to certain devices i personally had trouble it made me turn off like all of my ad blocking stuff um to to get it to stream on my computer um and at which point I could see that it had a whole bunch of Facebook trackers and other things that were in there. My own personal complaint, but I just like if I'm going to pay for a live stream, I would prefer that I don't also have to sell my uh, information at the same time or give my information away for free at the same time. So um, that being said, the live broadcast itself and the content and the video quality and the drone footage. By the way, was, you paid to give away your information. Yeah, exactly. Was was amazing. So um, aside from that, I hope that they, if this happens in a uh, next year, in 2021, that they move away from in-player and, and pick a different platform to do this with. Uh, but... Again, the actual content, the live broadcast, the commentary between with Philo and and Ian, and a little bit of sex and mix in there was fantastic, and the video coverage was great. Overall, I, I give that an A plus. I just I, I not to mention the uh, Juliana Corver yes. and Hannah Macbeth absolutely um, is also great. You know what I really dig about um, the USDGC part, the the dudes? I don't know that I've ever heard Philo and Sexton converse. Yeah, that's a good point. It's yeah. kind of neat to have them kind of go back and forth. Um like today, for instance, they were talking, I forget the whole, but basically Sex was like, well, this that's like a, a 450-foot shot. And Fowler was like, well, no, it's only blah, blah, blah. And Sex was like, well, you know, yeah, but it's uphill. And then Philo basically just like, oh, yeah, you're right. I guess, yeah, that'd probably be 450 <laughs> feet of power. 
but it was cool to have them um and like even you know ian obviously knows everyone talking about hole five and saying like so nate for you is this just forehand 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 and the my favorite part i guess the coolest part to hear them converse is you've got sexton who is forehand dominant Great backhand. He really does have a great backhand, but mm-hmm. he's forehand dominant. I think that's his most comfortable shot. And then you have Philo, who's like, well, I guess I got to throw a forehand shit. I don't, I wouldn't call Sexton forehand dominant. I I think he mixes it up. His backhand is he's he's like the the. He's got a great backhand, but if if he had to throw a three hundred and fifty foot shot in an open field, he would throw a forehand instead of a backhand. Well, three fifty is kind of low on the on that number. I think I, that's my point, though. Like, I I think if you're talking like, I don't know. That's a that's a good question. But I think three fifty is way too low of a number to for that to be like just, open I'm field just number. For like, I know he can throw a backhand farther than he can throw a forehand. Yeah, I just I think he is okay. I'll take dominant out. I will say one of the highest. No, he's. A, I wasn't saying he's not a okay. gr- great forehand player. I was just saying that, like, I, I think he's one of the better players at at being exceptionally gifted at both. Right. And notably, a very very good forehand player. Uh, one of the best. Obviously. Yes. But so then throw in Philo. Yeah. Who, who is doesn't is throw forehand always? He's 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 working on it. He's been playing with uh, he early in the season when he was uh on the first time he was on with Ian at Goat Hill, he was throwing some forehand, and he had talked about playing a ton with Barsby and trying to work on that, which is cool. Um, but it was cool for them to talk about it and like finally just be like, well, yeah, if you can do it, <laughs> basically being like. You're kind of a jerk. Not yeah. really, but like <laughs> I can't do that, so I throw it all backhand. But yeah, if if I basically if I had your forehand, I would do the same thing. Of course, yeah. But it was cool to just like I kind of find it funny because like Philo could of course learn how to throw a forehand. I would think, um, you know, you have certain players that end up with elbow issues. Like Simon has has uh, dabbled with the forehand uh, and and shown flashes of of a solid forehand but he also has had to shut himself down because of elbow issues as a result and i think i missed it but i guess round one he threw a, a few forehands he did yeah and they looked good from what yeah. I yeah so uh it's it, it's there for all these guys they're all super gifted i mean everyone you see playing disc golf at this level has the hand-eye coordination that you just can't believe like, well, it, like the things he, that they can get good at that uh, you know the list of things that they are really, really good at that have to do with athletics are probably really long, and you'd just be annoyed at at how quickly they'd get good at something like ping pong or, or unless like it's whatever. eagle, right? We've heard stories that eagles like bad at everything except for I, disc that. Golf. That could be relative because you're say, having like Simon say that, like Simon would be like, "Oh, eagle sucks at ping pong," but it's like that's Simon saying it, that's, you know, like that's I, asshole Simon, you yeah. know, no, totally. Who who on our podcast was like, "Well, you're like blah blah." Remember, and he was, was and me thinking he'd be humble about. It. He's like, "Well, yeah, I'm good at everything." Yeah. Like, and I'd be like, "You could probably learn how to kick flip in an hour," and he'd be like, "Yeah, probably." 
<laughs> and I'm like, okay. All I'm right. like, there's no, okay. There's no humility here. So like, that's like fine. Eagles sucking at other, being uncoordinated at other things might just be totally relative because Simon is also good be, at everything he does. The whole thing with Eagle also could have been like 17-year-old Eagle who grew like 10 inches and is yeah, just a goofy exactly. dude yeah. and now has grown into his stuff. Yeah. Um, it seems to me that Eagle has immense control over his extremities and is probably pretty good at most things athletically. That's what she said. Whoa. That's that's uh, that's an old joke right there, bro. That's a good one, though. Is it? Is it? I don't know. God, you and your burps. I can't like, help it. You, yes, you can. Yes, you can. I'm gonna get you a mute button. Make, it's gonna be fine. Be Maybe I'll just have a mute button. I can. I can't. I can't do it on <laughs> the current setup. What are you a moderator of? A, <laughs> sorry, because uh, obviously you don't. Um, <laughs> I would like on our next episode to have a plexiglass screen between the two of us. I, I and, can probably make oh, happen, actually, actually. Uh, Joe, you got a fly. There's a fly. It's it's landed no, on your not. <laughs> if a fly landed on someone's room, would not be me. <laughs> it's weird. They they know where to find the shit. I am not it. Um, I went on. To, oh, going back. To just it's really cool to hear them talk with each other. Really cool to hear cool runnings references. I know. Wasn't that amazing? <laughs> One the only person on the like. Never mind. I'm not yeah. Into it. <laughs> One Philo doing cool runnings reference and then uh, telling Ian, you're my John Candy. Like. That is the most like I love that Philo and Ian found each other. Like this yeah, is this is so times. right. This is also so right. like Ian. You're like, oh, thanks. I'm John. Can- I I mean, I get it. That's that's a friendly thing. Like we're we're comrades. I'm I'm your your coach on the thing. But also John Candy. Like, oh, what <laughs> what? Who wouldn't want to be John? John Candy is a comedy legend. John Candy is amazing. And in Cool Runnings, he was an Olympic coach that like, was disqualified for cheating. He wanted to win. <laughs> I, I just, he loves I'm just winners. Saying. I'm just saying. Listen, Bill Belichick will be revered as the greatest coach ever. <laughs> guarantee that dude has cheated his ass off and been caught a few times. And I guarantee there's a lots of times See, he has not th- been there caught. There we go. What if uh, uh, we instead... The comparison was that Ian is the Bill Belichick to uh, Philo's Randy Moss. How about that? 21 touchdowns. All of a sudden, boom, Philo's then, on the but scene. But then you got to throw who's Tom Brady in that? Uh, like, you got you can't do that without Brady. Paul McBeth. Some player in the field that is, that is generating the, the publicity to the to the scene. I mean, I think it, it, it would have been an easier, like, layup-ish, not... I don't know that Paul and Beth works, but you could have just thrown out Sexton just because they're like working together right now. Sure, sure. Um, I don't think that I, I think the John Candy. I mean, was I know for that, sure. I know it's funny. Best reference. But, uh, so the only reason that that uh, I I brought it up that way was because my first thought as. Uh, I do a lot of design work. Your right. first thought was, "Thank you, Ian, for not also trying to jump into a Jamaican accent." No, that that yes, <laughs> good play, uh, smart good, play, good because idea. Because 
Joe, has, I can see you do it. Joe, how's your Jamaican accent? I don't have one. I'm oh, not good. Gonna, nope. Yeah, good. Thank you. Um, so my first thought, it, being a, a designer, was, oh man, I could totally Photoshop the two of them in Cool Runnings, and I was like, I can't do Ian dirty like that. I, I can't, I can't put Ian's face on John Candy, who easily outweighed Ian by like 200 pounds, and like I was just like, oh, I just, I just, I just can't. But at the same time, it would have been funny in context, but the the drop was just I I legit, you could have just added a bobsled. And I could have. It would have been fine. <laughs> it would have been good right there. I know, but like I gotta put their faces in something. Whatever, I don't know. <laughs> or put just put CCDG on a bobs bobsled and and uh, and put it between there. them, <laughs> sitting up. There's still time. There's still time. There's still time. Okay, I can do it. I can do it right. I just didn't want to do Ian dirty like that. Can we can we make a decision right now that like we've got uh, we've got big sexy commentary uh huh we've got which I actually really yeah. enjoy the name and I actually like the commentary the big berry the Yulaberry yeah uh, okay can we just make a pact everyone listening right now that the Philo Ian commentary going forward is just called Cool Runnings <laughs> all right. Sure. Cool running's commentary. I know. There's no ring to that though. There's no that doesn't that doesn't everyone loves co- cool running's commentary. CRC, we got it. I guess it'd be pretty racist if I didn't like that, but whatever. Yeah, bro. And <laughs> I'm the one with the fly in my hair. Get out of here. <laughs> Whoa. Easy, brother. <laughs> um I guess I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I think <laughs> cool running's commentary. That's it. That's no. it. That's it. That's I don't it. like it. I don't like it. Why? Because one, Cool Runnings is a movie, and it's not like it, like it doesn't. But also, like which character? So like they can't do which that. Which character on the, is Philo? Like, well, I know, but like if you like Big Sexy, they can do that with their own trait. They can put that on shirts. You can't put Cool Runnings t- commentary on a shirt. You just you just can't. Because like trademarks and stuff, mm, touche. Yeah. Call. So like from a brand standpoint, that makes zero sense. So th- there has to be something else. Mm. T- sorry, team team bobsled. Sorry, sorry Joe. Team bobsled. <laughs> but it was it was pretty funny, and I I fully expect more uh more cool runnings references. I'm 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 gonna work on this. Do you think that Philo practiced his, his cool runnings uh thing? Like Do I think he's practiced he, it? He yes. had to have Did watched it. it then? Hell yes. Has like he done recently. it before? Who doesn't? You know how often do you watch cool runnings? I've watched cool runnings in the last year. Yeah. For sure. Who hasn't? I I don't who probably lots hasn't. Like probably lots of people. That is that's a jam. That's a great movie. It's no labyrinth. You dead, Sanka? <laughs> yeah, I'm dead, man. <laughs> We both did Jamaican accents. We're, no, I just we're done. <laughs> we just got canceled. It was great doing a podcast for you all. Oh, I'm so sorry. Apologies. <laughs> Damn it, Philo, please <laughs> accept our apology. Oh, man. All right, so USDGC, beyond the, the coverage and that freaking 10-minute <laughs> tangent on... <laughs> on cool runnings but how much do you want to talk about the the current uh tournament status right now joe or do we want to save this for next week and uh save the the spoiler verse crowd 
What's your What's your take? We're We're doing pretty good on on time. We don't need to spoil hard. This is what This is what I'll say. Um, there is so much room in MPO. Yes. Well, I mean, as always, USDGC. There are multiple holes where everyone can take a seven, eight, or a nine. USDGC giveth and taketh away. Yeah. So, no matter where you are, no matter what happens, you still have to know. Well, and here's the thing. I, I was going to say FPO is kind of crazy, but it's USDGC, so. Yeah. yeah that's true. That That's a good point. Um, it, it, there is a, someone the, has a very the, large lead. The Women's but- National Championship, Paige Pierce has, has a... a a massive lead. It's um, not that massive, but though. the the final like you hole. Said, the final hole. Look at that. Do you see what happened there? Yep. Made a huge difference. Yep. In the ability to change what happens there. Yeah. So we won't we won't dive in deep. Um, we can go in deeper later. It's going to be a fun watch. But I think one thing we do need to talk about before we move on to deer review, which which I know is coming up. Um, historic, awesome, Winthrop, gold, super neat. I still hate the layout so much with all of the flags and hazard and OB and all that stuff. Like, there's still, like, just some, ah, I don't. You know what? Um. I'm going to my opinion on on this whole thing which is that hole 17 is largely you know one of the the worst holes out there like in terms of it's a short hole but there's so many different ways to go be both in front of it both behind it like parking the hole for a birdie is incredibly hard hey Philbrook's plan and the the fact that you have to throw three times off the tee, um, which guarantees which is new because it used to be it like, used to be unload forever. your bag, unload yeah. your bag. Um, so they they took mercy on these people, and we still see uh, sevens, six sevens, and eights. So I believe the best that you can score on that hole, if you max out the drives, is a seven, one. is a seven on on those ones on that hole. So, um, and if you miss the putt from the drop zone, you take an eight. And so basically they, they, they minimize the damage by making it three drives off the tee and then to the drop zone, which means that pretty much unless you really F up totally, uh, the worst you're going to get is an eight. But on a 240-foot hole, that's pretty terrible. I would maintain, while I do not like that hole and would be terrified to play 240 downhill. 240 downhill. Yeah. 175. Um, I like Eagles play to it, throwing the forehand over to the the right side um, where there's more room. That's probably what I would do every single time. Um, But it's... Not everybody else. I, I was thinking about this I morning. I also, don't know what I would do. I, I I don't trust my forehand. Oh yeah, yeah. For you, I don't know. For me, I I have that forehand all day, and it would probably be a firebird. Honestly, like something like that. I would yeah. just I would just 
uh, toss that over there. But um, then you go to hole 18, which also, in my opinion, is a terribly designed hole. You you have the left side, the whole the hill slopes away towards water, and has an OB line. And then there's an OB line on the right side. So you have this 60-foot wide thing. You have to pump this drive up this hill and get it to land flat in a fairway and then throw to a green that drops off to death. And I just, I just, I hate that hole more. I would rather deal with the the ridiculousness of 17. And I know the scores don't, don't put that to play, but... But I just, I, both of those, the finishing of 17 and 18 at USDGC is brutal. I just, if you survive 17, I feel like people are like, okay, I survived. Now 18, I'll just, I'll be okay. I also very much just like three. Yes, I agreed. I just think three is just so, like, there is shit on the right. If you go on the right, like, you're punished enough. Yeah, you go long, you go short. You gotta like you. You gotta put. I just having that. If you're outside of the circle, island hazard stuff. It just sucks. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we before we move on to deer review, we need to talk about the disc golf pro tour championship real quick. Um, which is that the disc golf pro tour championship? It was announced this last week that uh, it was going to air on ESPN two roughly a month after. Uh, we already talked about this a little bit, but uh, big time with this Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship. Uh, it's bracket play, so we have uh, you know your top thirty-two uh, players on the men's side, and I I don't recall what the FPO side is. I think it's fewer. Yeah, so on on the FPO side, we're talking uh, sixteen players that go through. But so, also said that the the coverage would heavily feature. FPO too, not just MPO like yeah. the CBS coverage. So it'll be um, roughly a month after, and we'll get to see the bracket play challengers. Also, we should mention on uh, udisc.com, uh, they have their bracket challenge where you can win a Bushnell um, rangefinder. Which we is, should get one of those. Which is sweet. So I'll definitely be filling out my my bracket on that along with the, the pick six stuff. So that that's uh, fun times for, for that one. So... Um, the in terms of the brackets, I we'll probably talk about it next week because that's basically next week. Yeah, not basically it is next week. Oh God! So we will we will certainly cover that. But uh, awesome to see that it's going to be on ESPN two, and uh, I'll have a lot of fun filling out my bracket. What a great like new corporate sponsor, by the way, this year for disc golf to pick up. Yeah, that's yeah. very rad. Rangefinders are fun. And, I have and they um, put out the one in feet now. So I have <laughs> because of disc golf. Well, disc golf for feet, people. We love feet. <laughs> so, <laughs> no king shame. Sorry, I'll stop. So I have like it, it's funny like on these sorts of things for my work. I have several different types of range finding type devices, um, mostly laser um, type type things. One of which has a screen on it where the the laser goes out the front, but I can look down at an LCD screen and aim it at a certain thing and and help triangulate and look at distance. It actually also gives elevations. Multiple satellites. uh, You can send airstrikes. uh, Not, I mean, hopefully. That'd be great. I'd love to. Can I do that? 
Is that, I, don't I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't I do. own your device. <clears throat> but uh, lots of fun. So I, I would fully encourage people that haven't tried out devices like that, like a rangefinder or anything, to, to check it out. And Bushnell being a disc golf sponsor is exciting. Though they are not a sponsor of the podcast, yet if you're listening, Bushnell, uh, hit me up, bro. I'll, I'll hit them up. Oh, okay. Fine. Um, so... I think that's all we got for for the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship. Fifteen K goes out to the the Tour Champions in that bracket challenge. MPO, M- MPO doing it right. Good exactly. job. Exactly. They 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 Good did it job. equal on well both done. sides. So the the MPO and FPO payouts are are equal down the line. Fifteen K to first place, and I think it's like seven thousand for second place, and and three and and so on and so forth as it goes. So so we'll think of a fun way to share our brackets next week. Um, maybe not the top four, maybe some stuff along the way just for funsies. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So it is time for our world famous deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both and let you know whether you should bring on the course tonight. We have the Innova Manta five speed, five glide, negative three turn, one fade mid range driver sent to us by Kurt story, PME bag picks in, uh, in Slack. And he also, Sent a beer with it. No to Brewing Company's Hop Drop and Roll 7.2% IPA, which is highly regarded beer. So, Joe, where do you want to start? Disc or beer? Give it to me. Uh, Let's start with disc, but I'm going to drink this beer first. <laughs> oh, so you want me to talk about the beer while you... No, you talk about the disc while I drink the beer. Oh, okay. Um, So, the Manta, we have these in Star Plastic. And um, my first takeaway is that the minus three is absolute baloney. Um, and we often talk about on this show that Innova's flight numbers, especially with regards to turn, are uh, hogwash. Not not hogwash, but consistently, I don't know how to say it, it's con- consistently overrated in that the consistently more stable than what they yeah, say. Yeah, consistently more stable than what they say. So when it says minus two, it it's gonna start out as a zero. And then when it says minus three, it's gonna start out as minus one. And eventually over time you can beat that disc to that minus three or minus two or whatever. But they start out out of the box not matching up with those flight numbers. And the manta is no exception i was expecting to be able to roll this thing and and started off throwing hyzers with it and could not get it to turn at all on on some of those hyzers granted they were i was trying to throw pretty extreme hyzers because i thought i was throwing a very understable mid-range disc a low speed five speed um for me Personally, I, I think I can turn over most discs in this range that aren't overstable, especially when they come with a minus three. So um, quickly, I found that that was not the case and that I can throw this thing flat and it will hold a flat line and then finish hyzer and even can put a little ante on it and have it flex out of it just fine. Um, so it was more of a neutral and I, I don't know that I looked a little bit on reviews to see if I could find someone that was like, oh yeah, I beat this thing in and it's fine. But it kind of just seemed like a workhorse five speed, like a, like a, you know, good five speed. Like it went pretty far. Um, but certainly the minus three just looks like a typo. 
Honestly. No, no, totally. So, um, and so, you know, too, the Manta is a VTech Stingray. Exactly. Yes. So it is a beaded um, mid-range with, I mean, for a mid-range, a pretty sharp nose on it. Yeah. I mean, you could even convince me that this is a six-speed. You could this, you know, it does remind me of, the, and I believe it, the Cax, yeah, yeah. A, a little bit uh, where it's at. It's it's a little bit deeper than that, but yeah, it's it's totally like in that weird tweener range. But yeah, I, I mean, purely because we were told it was a V Stingray, and knowing having thrown a Stingray, I was in the same world of like, I'm gonna rip this on a little bit of hyzer. It's just gonna pop and turn, maybe turn and burn and throwing it uh that did not did not happen uh it is definitely a straight flat flyer um like robin said a little bit and and that's the thing too and i was like well maybe it's gonna be where if you put it on and it holds and you put on hyzer holds hyzer nope it's just a decently stable um work horse mid-range i think if you don't like the feel of a rock, you could totally be like, okay, I'll throw a manta. Yeah, I think if... But it's if, also beaded and doesn't feel yeah, that awesome. It, and it's got a little bit more of a, a little, pointy little, nose little to funky. it. I, I would say that if I were to revise the numbers, I'd call this like a 5.5 speed and like a four glide and a minus 0.5 turn and a like one or two fade. Or one five, yeah, Call yeah, some middle. something in that line. It, Once it's again, just, these it's, are fresh star discs. Yeah, so um, it'll beat in. It's Innova. It'll you for, know, it'll for, turn a little bit more. It'll fade a little bit less. But out of the gate, especially something that we thought was you know going to be much when you less see stable. minus three. Yeah, yeah. You you have to assume that at least, but at the same time with Innova, a Sidewinder is minus three. Right. I mean, we threw fresh Valks the Road other runners, day, Roadrunners, right, like, are also. A, a few months ago, we threw fresh Valks, and those popped up and turned. Yeah. A little bit of turn. Not a lot True. of turn, but turned. But and still. And I was expecting this mid-range, this five-speed. Sidewinders might be minus two. Juicing it. You should look at that. Um, but juicing a mid-range that says minus three, even a brand new star, I was expecting some some big turn and definitely especially with a with when you're talking about a five speed disc exactly when you're doing exactly this, you're, like, you're like okay yeah. and you're throwing it like at least 10 speed worth of of juice and it's like no it's cool yeah yeah um, let's just let's go so uh let's see is a 10 so it'll be there or not oh control how am i not seeing this yet I just there blind. it is. So yeah, Roadrunner is minus three. Sidewinder is oh, stupid freaking stupid website that you shouldn't buy discs from. Yeah, not unbelievable. I think it's a three. So yeah, minus three. Yeah. So Sidewinder is also famously minus three. But um, a fresh Sidewinder and a fresh Sidewinder, it doesn't turn. It just doesn't. Maybe a point five. Maybe a point five. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. And, and, you know, I think there's just as much as I think I've bagged, not necessarily on the podcast, but just in general about consistency of plastics with disc mania. 
Innova has the same world. They just put so many more discs out mm-hmm. that the runs are much cleaner and clearer. But they're for sure. I mean, if you go to Dollar Disc Golf Auctions and you want to destroy her, I mean, uh, what's his name in our Slack Doth. group? Doth has a whole thing about destroyers. There are certain runs of different things. Like, th- very possibly this star run is a, a beefy star run. Could be. Because I know people These have factory talked about, seconds. People have talked about uh, star Thunderbird runs that are insanely yeah. beef. So, it's... I it's love watching funky. James Conrad throw Thunderbirds. It's like one of my favorite things. But I just like watching him throw unless he has a short tee pad, which agreed. is sad. Agreed. All right. Are you ready to do uh, beer talk? Yeah. So, again, uh, thank you so much, Kurt, uh, PME Bag Picks, for sending us both of these discs and the beer. This beer is on Beer Advocate, noted as world class. So, Noda Hop Drop and Roll India Pale Ale. 7.2% alcohol. Um, my first sip of this, and while I should note, I've had this beer in my refrigerator for a little while, so this isn't as fresh as it should be, but it was crisp and hop forward oh, and, yeah. and a clean finish. And like West this Coast, is, it's, not a, it's not a fruit IPA. It's not a hazy. It's a, it's a definitely that West Coast, closer to that piney hop that yep. we talked about. Strong so, pine. So, yeah. So, my favorite part Citrus, pine, bitter, right up front. But the bit here's the thing: you got the citrus, the pine, and the bitter. And when the bitter hits, you're like, "Whoo!" And then it just like subsides. Yep, settles. It doesn't right. It settles. It doesn't like intensify. It doesn't turn super bitter in your mouth. It's like doesn't malt. No, it's like it's like you should probably drink more of me. Yeah, like instead of being like that, you can hit a bitter for me. That hits a point where it's like, whew. Okay. No, this is. This I'll go is, back in, but I don't really like the, the end of that aftertaste. And this one was trending that way where I was like, that aftertaste might be a little bit rough. And then it just like stopped. Yeah. It's it's rad. It, overall, this is, um, it, for the style of beer that it is, when you're trying to go for a no-nonsense, uh, heavy hop, little bit of citrus very very little malt like a tiny bit but not not anything dominant where you get like a sweet finish on it just the aftertaste leaves you with like that kind of bitter hot flavor and it's not overwhelming at all um there's a reason It's, it's west coast done done right from a north carolina brewery yeah um a lot of times I guess it's 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 a West Coast style, which sometimes when you get more East, <laughs> takes on that East Coast like quote unquote dank, which I think for our palates is that more malty flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it's a strong malt, and that's that yeah. dank, and it's really not uh, a danky um, so IPA. The, so they're saying they use citrus, Amarillo, Centennial, Warrior, and Chinook. In ten separate editions to provide in the intense hot blast found this can, and I think that's that's a perfect description of what you experience yeah. in this beer. The 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 IBUs, the hop flavor that you get right off the front is incredible. Uh, this is a great beer. This is uh, one of the better ones we've been sent. 
And in my opinion. Right. We've been saying great stuff and I actually did want to stop and say thank you all so much for sending us beer like this because we have been so lucky like looking at Beer Advocate right now they have like a, a ranking of of wants and gots and we have got we have gots so many beers that other people want because of y'all and we really appreciate we've gotten to drink so many beers that we never would have seen been able to find in this podcast because of you all and um i, I, I should really even note appreciate even, it even further than that beyond the appreciation that 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 joe just extolled there but we have like a bunch of local breweries and we can review those beers but it doesn't help a lot of our listeners because they're not necessarily nationally distributed so those of you that take the time to send us beers from your local areas that are at the elite level of of craft beer helps us improve the podcast so i i just i cannot thank you guys enough for taking the time to ship us the best beers from your area and it helps improve the show and this is a perfect example of that so thank you so much kurt and uh, for once and a disc and two discs and a beer Um, and two beers so when actually one beer but two cans uh, it's it was just one beer joe and i have been baby birding the the i i sip it first and then i um well that's how you get the real flavor yeah exactly i Um, gargle a little bit and then um if you can picture me then giving Joe that beer baby bird style. Well, and then the I'll snort a little bit and then get that no, into his no, mouth. No, it's, no, fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. You know, the, after it's the for initial, the team. It's for the, no, the flavor. It's not, it's, that's not it's, what happens. It's, it's after the initial totally baby fine. bird, the experience stops. You, you then swallow and it's fine. That's the only way I get to taste it. <laughs> Robin drinks the rest of the beer from there on out. Um, and I just, you know, I let you know how, what I think about it. Um, but no, this beer is rad. Y'all are rad. Kurt, thank you so much. Um, you ready to to uh, yeah? Gi- I I will give final verdict at seven two, right? Seven two at seven two. I will drink this on the course all day, every day, to start my round to end my round, even if I'm belligerent at the end because seven two will pack a punch uh, as you roll through. But it's an easy drinker. Got to keep it cold. Um, I, I for sure will keep this on the course. The disc, um, it being a workhorse, like I've got three different mids I'll throw over this, and it feels kind of funky in the hand, but um, it's it's a good disc. Yeah, I I mean I got no complaints about it. I I could easily this we say this a ton, but you could hand me this disc. I could make it work for a round as my mid-range. Oh, uh, totally. When it comes to the stable mid-ranges, it's fine. What I don't know is what this disc beats into. And maybe that five glide comes to light once it gets beat in a little bit and turns a little bit more and it bombs. I don't know that because I, Joe and, and I It could can't, be that faster, like... it. Like the way it could be yeah, the faster, it could just be. juicer. Like, yeah. It could be once this disc beats in a little bit and you can just 
bomb it where it gets to like near fairway driver distance. But we, for Joe and I, we're, we, we try to be as comprehensive as possible in our field reviews, but we don't have time to beat a disc in and then tell you how it, how it fares over time. So we can only give you a snapshot of what this disc is when it's fresh and it's not a minus three. It's not even close to that. It, at, at most, it's a minus one, probably more of a minus 0.5 um, right, right, out right, of right. the box. And uh, I think it's closer to a, a six speed than it is a five speed. It's got kind of a little bit of pointy nose, big bead. And it's just an odd disc. Like it, it has all these odd characteristics, but at the same time, you throw it hard, it goes far and and flies straight and finishes a little left and and you can trust it not to just and turn can, and burn and you can just trust it not to do anything. So like it's fine. Like I like it. I can make it work. But it it doesn't do anything that I'm like I'm impressed by this. And the fact that the numbers are so much different than what we viewed in the field is concerning. Yeah. So like I I feel like I hit a, a tree and then all of a sudden I'm gonna have a a disc that's a roller. Yeah. You know? So totally. um so I'm right. out on the on the Manta and um I I assume you are too. Yeah. Beer is a home run. Yeah. This is great. So that's two out of four. Um I am what do we call it? That's 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 fifty percent. I think that is the uh, the player for USDGC, the U player, whatever it is. Oh, in player. In player. Um, great quality. Love it. Super cool. Kind of bummed about all the other things it's doing and mm-hmm. uh, what it's holding you back, but um, going to keep doing it. Hopefully. Keep watching it. Hopefully it's better next year. Right. I'm I, just going to say, I'm going to keep watching. I'm not going to stop watching because of the weird shit it's doing. Yeah. It's it's quality enough. Already paid for it. Um, let's see where it goes. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's all we got for you in this episode of the Disc Golf Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Check out our website, throwstuffatstuff.com. We've got a link to join our Slack group, an amazing Disc Golf chat group. It's right there in the main navigation. Join Slack. There's also some incredible discs on there. I would also encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast. We do a pre-show recording before every single episode. So if you love the main show, I guarantee you will love the pre-show. It's absolutely worth it. It's like an extra podcast every single time. So check that out, patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast. Get your pre-show recordings. There's all already like 120 of them in the books. So if you burn through our episodes and you're looking for more content, become a patron and you'll immediately get access to all of those podcasts. There's tons of them, like hours and hours. Uh, And lastly, get out there this weekend and throw stuff at stuff. This is a song for the aceless. But those with aces, listen closely. You don't always have to huck it hard. In fact, sometimes that's not right to do. Sometimes you got to lay it up. And fucking not run an ace or two. 
Sometimes you got to ease If you want to put the D's and the B's Sometimes you got to say Hey, I'm gonna throw it softly I'm gonna hug it gently I'm gonna flick it smoothly I'm gonna toss it so sweetly And then you say, hey, I hit some metal And then you say, wait a minute, Robin I think I'm starting to get it now Could you fill my throat for me? That's fucking teamwork What's your favorite disc? That's cool with me It's not a trespass, but I guess it works for you What's your favorite beer? The only answer is an IPA, so let's go to the bar And then I'm gonna flick it so sweetly And then I'll fucking hug it softly And then I'll fucking throw it perfectly But then I'm gonna hug it